This is a Federal News Network podcast. Welcome to For Your Benefit, presented by NITP, the federal leader in retirement planning seminars sponsored by WEPA. Join NITP for an hour of plain talk on planning your future. You've got questions, they've got answers. Welcome to today's August 7, 2023, For Your Benefit radio show. We're here today with John Gillick, certified financial planner, fellow webinar seminar presenter, and he's going to teach us all about how to make lots of money. Hey, John. Hey, Bob. How are you doing this morning? Real good. Real good. So um, we've got items to cover and we can go off on tangents and the like. But I guess the overall, we're talking about Roth versus traditional IRAs and Roth TSP versus pre-tax TSP. So uh, this will be a lively show with uh, a lot of information. I think uh, people um, sometimes get a little fuzzy with regards to RMDs and, and, you know, should I do a raw, should I not? But not after today's show, they'll be well-educated. So I would, I would hope so. I would hope we, uh, we nail it for them. Absolutely. All righty. So I guess we could look at the starting out with the basics, um, you know, Roth IRA versus traditional IRA. Notice we didn't do TSP yet, but uh, we're going to start That's out. Right. With that. So well, fire away, Bob. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just so that everybody understands, uh, I think most do, but some might not. You know, if uh, you invest in a Roth, there's no immediate tax deduction. Correct. But. When money comes out, it's nice, right? And what's the what's the incentive for the money to come out? It's probably that they're not going to be taxed. It's got Roth in front of it, correct? Correct. Okay. <laughs> and then traditional is well, it is going to be taxable. Uh, taxable, you know, it can it can be worse things than paying tax on the money, but it's probably best because what we're talking about is an investment that would be set aside for years, and then when it comes out, there's no tax because when it went in, there was no tax benefit. Am I saying that right? No, absolutely, and uh, I, I, it's really tough because uh, you know I think well, maybe obviously not obviously we have these paired together today because of the the mistakes or the misperceptions that we run into when we uh, we talk to feds we, we're teaching feds uh, in a classroom environment which is uh, there's this confusion where folks think that uh, TSP Roth um, somehow is similar or even remotely similar to a Roth IRA and it's not the end game and I like your, your description there the end game is that you want to get some money put away so that when you do get to retirement, uh, which is an alien idea for a lot of people, uh, and I, I know I've mentioned this to you before, but I have a you know a neighbor, Earl, retired postal worker, who said it the best. He said, you know, John, until your folks get retired and they're living on a fixed income, uh, they won't have any idea what those words mean. And, you know, it's all about in retirement, uh, unwinding yourself from things like your retirement accounts uh, when you want to have fun. And spend that money. They're your unspent paychecks. And would you rather pay tax on your unspent paychecks, or, or uh, you know, pay tax? And 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 I find that, and I'm sure you do too, that most folks are very unfamiliar with the tax table. Where the more you take, the more they take. And so that's kind of the focus of the conversation: is how do you, how do you really protect yourself in your retirement years, your fixed income years, 
uh, and still have flexibility in spending. Yeah, and that's uh, the thought. Sometimes um, it's not a, a, a tough. I won't, I won't say to convince people to do something. You don't ever want to convince somebody to do something that's not good for them. But um, I find that you know they understand, but they might need a you know a, a second in tutoring or in classes. Not that we see them in classes anymore, but you can kind of tell, and uh, that uh, some of the people have been through the seminar before. Yeah, they've been through a seminar. They've heard something different. And the most amazing one is uh, when you talk about the the Roth TSP. And in just it just still boggles my mind. It shouldn't because of the lack of lack of training that they did when they rolled that out. Uh, there was materials available, and if there was someone, I'm sure, from the TSP board today here, they they disagree vehemently. And we did everything we could, but the 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 simple fact that you run into not just one or two people. But every single class you teach, every Fed you run into, oh, I, I make too much money to put into Roth TSP, which is, that's just not true. I mean, Bob, is there any Fed, there's a great question for the day, is there any federal employee that would be disqualified from participating in Roth TSP because of their income? No. No. The answer is no. So I don't know who the highest paid federal employee is. That's probably material for another show. We should figure that out. Um, I'm sure it's public record, but the most, the highest paid federal employee, and there has to be one, uh, can fully participate in the Roth up to the maximum of the contribution limits. And that's a striking difference from the Roth IRA, which individually, and I just looked up the numbers, we're, we're, we're chit-chatting here. So for 2023, if you're single, uh, you have to earn less than $153,000 a year to fully participate in Roth IRA. So there is an income limit to Roth IRA, uh, married adjusted, uh, sorry, modified adjusted gross income for a couple for 2023 is 228,000. And I think for some listeners, they would be like, well, that's a lot of money. Well, we're talking about federal employees, particularly, particularly in the DC area. That's nothing. I mean, that's, they exceed those limits all the time. And generally the folks that are at or above those limits are the ones that really want to be able to contribute to Roth. And their 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 option is not not Roth IRA, it's Roth TSP, and it's again there's no income limitation. So two totally different plans. One's a individual retirement account, the other one is a, a company plan. Company in this case being the federal government, employer sponsored plan. So do do you find many folks are unaware of that? The most, the two. most folks are unaware of that. That's uh, that's the shocking status. That I mean, it's not just a couple. <laughs> it's you know, <laughs> I think if you threw that blind question up in a, in a live classroom, uh, you'd probably have about a third of the hands come up uh, to to say, yeah, we we know that there's no income limitation, and then the rest would be confused between the differences of Roth IRA and Roth TSP. So yeah, there's there's a lot of confusion. Just lack of it's the lack of that one single point uh, is just still. I mean, it's, it's amazing because you know that's the first thing you would think would be covered. Hey, you, you, everyone qualifies based on income, but um, you know they've heard it, and, and, I, and of course, then you get into uh, everybody at your family get together this summer. The the barbecue is an expert. You know, Andrew would probably attest to that as well. You know, if you have a legal problem, everybody in your family suddenly is, you know, suddenly is an attorney. 
you know, everybody's suddenly a CPA <laughs> if there's a tax issue. You know, gosh, if there's a, a stock or an investment question, uh, everybody rises to the occasion for that, you know, because they, they know something or they heard something or a friend did this or a friend did that. And, you know, I think that's the category that I would put uh, the lack of knowledge of uh, this income, there's no income restriction on Roth TSP. I'd blame it on that because, you know, word got around and, oh, no, that's not the way it works. <laughs> it's like, well, it is the way it works. You know, it, I, and I've had a few, few, as you would say, spicy conversations in a class environment where folks want to disagree until someone Googles it and goes, oh, that is right. You know, <laughs> so. But that's yeah, that's right. uh, it's 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 a shame because when and here's the my perspective on it is that a lot of these folks are going to get to retirement and they're going to have no other option. They haven't left themselves any other option. And and here's the and we've been through this plenty of times. There this myth M Y T H something that proves to not be true. There's a myth. And it's been, and I can tell you how it's even said during enrollment meetings, which is somebody will come in, nice suit, pressed and clean shirt. And folks, uh, you know, you want to put into this company retirement plan now while you're, you're being taxed at a high level. And when you retire and you're at a much lower tax rate, I've heard it. I mean, I've, I've been through those meetings. I mean, I hate to say that I've participated in a few uh, at the front of the room, but uh you're never going to be as a Fed. Anybody with a pension, significant pension, will never be in a lower tax bracket than the one they're in right now. And all you have to do is pull out a tax table, do a quick brief discussion, and show those folks that. And so um, not shifting uh, monies over to Roth is a contribution, not taking the tax hit now. In at least the taxes now, you know what they are. <laughs> what are the taxes going to be in the future? And you start stacking up $10 trillion in COVID relief spending plus another $1.7 trillion with a T, not a B. And it all has to be paid back by us in the future because, I mean, who else are they going to get it from? You can not only assume you're going to be in a much higher tax bracket, but, you know, significantly expanded brackets, um, you know, for more of your income as you go. So getting into retirement, typical scenario, uh, you know, Bob, you and uh, you, you and your significant other want to go on a, a cruise because you heard about this great cruise in the 55 plus community, but you're calling your CPA going, Hey, should we do this? Or are you calling your financial advisor, financial planner, hopefully and saying, Hey, or, or should we do this? Well, Bob, you know, uh, that's going to push uh, the, the two of you up into the next highest tax bracket, you know, which the big jump right now in the middle of the tax table is from uh, 24 to, to 32, right? Right. That's an 8% eight, eight bump. And that's the one I love it. That's the one that gets all of you CPAs in trouble at tax time. And it's not your fault. It's just the simple fact that the, your client didn't tell you throughout the year, hey, we're going to making we're going to be making significantly more this year. Should we do anything tax wise? And if you were in that conversation ahead of tax season, you'd say, "Well, geez, yeah, you're going to pump up to eight percent higher at your highest bracket. Well, yeah, we need to start doing additional withholding because those are the folks that come in and in. And I love it. The CPAs should just put out a big blanket thing for folks every year. Warning: <laughs> If you had a significant increase in income and you're going to be above these limits. Uh, you know, give us a call right away because you're going to suddenly go from getting a few thousand dollars back to owing four or five grand, you know, and that's, that's typically what I hear, you know, the feedback from my side. 
Me, me too. And um, they'll oftentimes say, are you sure? And I go, well, here, you know, here are the tables. I'm sure you do the same thing. And this puts you into a, a bracket. You might be accustomed to this bracket in this tax rate, but in a year where maybe the income goes up, um, maybe there's some other outside influences and it, the money that gets up in there gets hit a lot harder than the money that wasn't there. And oh, absolutely. I've always found that you know, people say, is that really it? You know, my friend got a raise and put them into a higher tax bracket and they lost money. Well, that doesn't happen, but they just get taxed higher. But, you know, as a CPA, as a fellow instructor, you'd appreciate that I was interrupted one time, you know, after going through the tax table by a CPA who prepares taxes. But uh, we'll get to that after the break. Okay. Andrew tells us the ever-efficient engineer um, that it's time for a break and the sponsor of the show, WAPA, and what they can do. Times have changed, but WAPA's mission remains the same, to promote the health, welfare, and financial well-being of civilian federal employees. WEPA offers group term life insurance to civilian federal employees with up to $1.5 million in coverage, regardless of salary. As a WEPA member, you can access exclusive rates and benefits not available to the general public. How does this compare to Fegley? Unlike Fegley, WEPA's coverage amounts are not capped by your salary. WEPA will cover your family as well. For your children, WEPA offers double the benefits that Fegley offers. And for your spouse, WEPA offers 20 times more coverage than Fegley. 20 times more coverage! WEPA's coverage is also portable if you decide to leave the federal government or retire. You can even supplement or replace your existing policy. See how much you could save by visiting waepa.org today. We're here today with John Jillick, Certified Financial Planner, Fellow Seminar, Webinar Presenter, and uh, Knower of All Things Financial. Well, so, John, for that. <laughs> well, we uh, talk to my significant other sometimes because I don't know if she believes that, but uh, then she hears me and then she's like, maybe you do know a few things. So, um, so I was, uh, I was, you know, stopped in midstream uh, after teaching about the tax table and I had a CPA break in in a webinar and just profusely thanked me <laughs> because of what we were just discussing, which is people. Uh, when they get to a higher tax bracket and are not prepared for it, when there's a, a you know, disconnect between them and TurboTax, unfortunately, if they're doing it on their own, or I, mean, I shouldn't throw a name like that out there, I'll throw them all out there, H&R Block, or uh, they're doing a paper copy, and, and suddenly they're, they're surprised that, hey, geez, I'm, I'm up into a higher bracket. And, uh, and I'm sure those programs are smart. And they, they, they probably notify you, but like, you know, uh, I know from years in the business of, uh, financial advising not everyone reads their statements or reads the warning labels right so uh, they get to a position where they suddenly owe more money and they're shocked and, and it's just a matter of looking at a tax table and, and there's probably a few folks out there that would be surprised hearing me say that you're not going to be in a lower tax bracket when you retire and, and the example i use is a married couple make a hundred thousand a piece high three their feds they're maxing out tsp and, and I don't want to get in trouble on this show for not uh, putting the limits out. So maxing out TSP, if you're under 50 this year, is 22500 That doesn't include the match. And then there's an extra $7,500 uh, catch-up if you're 50 or over. 
it's twenty nine thousand dollars. Well, twenty nine thousand a piece if you have a couple of feds last three years before they retire. You know, twenty nine and twenty nine, um, fifty eight, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Doing the math right, so that leaves them taxable at one forty two. Well, they're still they're twenty two percent federal. That's their marginal rate, and they're still so far above at that level, uh, eighty three some odd thousand dollars. Uh, they're not going to get down to the twelve percent tax bracket because once they retire. They're going to go from that taxable 142 to now they both get Social Security. They've had a whole bunch of quarters at 100000 a year in high three pay. So let's just say they get 30000 a piece in taxable Social Security. Again, people are like, what does that mean? I thought it didn't get taxed. That's a whole different show we could do, right, on the misperception. We've already paid tax on Social Security. Well, yes, you're going to pay it again because you make too much money. It's called provisional income, and there's another program. So, But... The bottom line is you take 30000 a piece in Social Security, another, let's just say, uh, 35000 a piece in TSP, sorry, uh, FERS pension, there's seventy, right? Some of that's not taxable. Again, that's what we teach. But uh, so now you got 130 Well, geez, they're, they're so far above 83-some-odd thousand at the 12% bracket, yet they're 22% federal still. So they never fell to a lower tax bracket. And now... They've been putting all this money in TSP. They've got a million dollars if you look at both of the accounts together. They're not combined. They're IRAs. Uh, sorry, they're TSPs. But uh, they've got a million dollars combined. And here comes a financial planner saying pull off 3 to 4%. Well, yep. let's live live like uh, royalty. Let's pull off 4% and party like rock stars because we're, we're retired. These are our unspent paychecks. Sorry for the long example, but when you add the 40000 in fully taxable income from TSP distribution to, to the 130 where are you at? Well, you're just a stone's throw away from 24% federal at your highest marginal rate. Yep. Oh, and there's no deductions, Bob, but you know, you're retirees. I love the first year retirees that come in. How do we shield some of this income? <laughs> you can't. And they, well, you could get a job. I love to say that to them, but then you're not retired <laughs> anymore, right? If you get a right. job, you can go back and shield your income, but now you've got even more income. Wouldn't it be nice if you had something called Roth IRA or Roth TSP at that point in your life so that you can modulate you know, your, your spending, because and I always say this to folks and Andrew will appreciate this too. I mean, any dollar you put into a retirement plan is an unspent paycheck. And I'm very sensitive about that for people because in, in Bob, I know you've seen it over the years, just dealing with the States, uh, seeing what happens to folks is, uh, you know, lifetime savings or unspent paychecks when they pass away with these folks called beneficiaries is horrible. Because they're not going to make the right decisions with your unspent paychecks. You no. might think they are, but they're they're definitely not going to be a chip off the old block, right? right. So how, how do you, I mean, geez, I mean, now that I've laid that out and you look at a tax table for these folks that take the time to do it, that hear this, you realize I'm not going to be in a lower tax bracket. I'm not going to be in a much or much, much lower tax bracket. What's an approach that I can take? So that I can really enjoy my spending years without every time we want to go on a, you know, a, a, you know, we just saw some friends over the weekend and they want to go on a, uh, one of these barefoot cruises. Well, you're looking at 5,000 bucks a piece if you divide the boat four ways, four couples, and that's not airfare. Well, if I'm retired and I'm about to bump from 24% federal up to 32, 
you know, I might not make the decision to go on that trip, but wait, if I had a Roth TSP and all this untaxed money, I mean, sorry, all this taxed money plus growth that's not taxable, it's just a simple matter of uh, calling my financial institution and saying, hey, I want to take a, you know, $20,000 distribution from my Roth or 15000 because we're going to go on this really awesome trip. And there's no tax pain. There's no adding it to the tax return. I mean, it's it's just the, it's just a better approach to it. And so my, and, and to, to the credit of CPAs of the world, listening to this, my own CPA out of St. Louis said, listen, and I think he had to hit me with a baseball bat through the phone. You're not hearing <laughs> me. You know, John, if you, if you just simply compound out your pre-tax money, and I'd, I'd encourage all of the listeners to do that, compound out what you have in pre-tax, uh, depending on your rate of return. Let's say you're averaging 7% as your rate of return. Every 10 years, what you already have in pre-tax put away, that money is going to double in value. So if you have 300000 put away, it's going to double in 10 years to 600000 to $1.2 million. Why, why add more to that brush fire? And so the, I would rather pay my taxes now. I'm in a fairly high tax bracket, but I'd rather pay the taxes now and create this future account for myself and for my family, especially future generations, if we do it right, of money that will never be taxed. And that's what Roth is all about. Well, and, and do you find people go, huh? Or do you find that, say, where can I get more information? You know, but a lot of folks, a handful will go, huh? But I'll tell you what, the impact, I mean, this conversation has on folks, especially in a classroom environment, uh, the one-third that are, like, truly awake in, in you know, the, what we would refer to in the industry as family stores, you catch them by surprise. I mean, you, they're just bewildered that they didn't know this, and, and that's the challenge. And I always say that, you know, listen, it's great to be a do-it-yourselfer, but you know, if you're going to operate on yourself, you know, not so much. You're probably better to get a surgeon, right? But, yeah, it's a good uh, idea. Yeah, good idea. So, you know, just there's certain things you leave to the professionals. And, and even to your point, I mean, I can't tell you how many folks, you know, over the years I've just sent to a CPA because they were getting their taxes grossly wrong. And that was just from an, and I'm not a tax professional, I'm not a CPA. But, you know, when the mistakes are being made, they're pretty obvious and, and pretty painful. So you send them to a CPA. You all look at their tax returns two, three years. How far can you refile? Three, unless there was some minute, some circumstance where you could go back further. <clears throat> In other words, if you went back to a prior year and you corrected your return by this new great benefit, well, that's going to be a refund. Right. Right. And, you know, it may or may not be taxable, probably more so taxable than not. And um, people say, well, I got to pay taxes on it. And this is odd coming from an accountant. I said, it's always good to pay tax on money you get than not pay taxes on money you didn't get. And you go, huh? That's right. I mean, all nice folks and, you know, what they do yeah. for their living, probably I'd be sitting there like, huh? How does that work? Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too. I mean, I I realize some folks, you know, where their, you know, hearts on their sleeves. But I mean, when having the conversations, I've actually had folks. Well, I, I'm I'm not trying to avoid taxes. I'm like, I I never said avoid taxes. I'm just saying that the tax code is very specific. And if you're getting it wrong, if you're not following the recipe, and you're paying taxes that you shouldn't be paying, I think you'd want them back, right? 
You, like, you get into the whole fair share conversation. I said, I say to folks, believe me, I know what the fair share is because I'm paying my share of the fair share. But, and yeah, you hear the stories in the news and you got famous folks and politicians that get called all the time not paying their fair share, but that's not my issue. I'm talking about your everyday taxpayer that's just simply not preparing their own taxes if they're doing it on their own uh, incorrectly. Same thing if you're, you're doing your TSP investments wrong. Um, if you didn't know uh, that you could put money into Roth TSP because you thought there was an income limitation, uh, it's all these things that cumulatively over a lifetime of investing and tax preparation that cost you not just thousands or tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars or more um, in lost opportunity. So that's, uh, you know, I think we do add a lot of value as we go through these things because you're going to you're going to hit on certain hot points for folks where they go, oh, I, I didn't know that. Wow. So, John, I think it's time for a break and let the listeners know uh, about the sponsor of the show, Waypo. Times have changed, but WEPA's mission remains the same, to promote the health, welfare, and financial well-being of civilian federal employees. WEPA offers group term life insurance to civilian federal employees with up to $1.5 million in coverage regardless of salary. As a WEPA member, you can access exclusive rates and benefits not available to the general public. How does this compare to Fegley? Unlike Fegley, WEPA's coverage amounts are not capped by your salary. WEPA will cover your family as well. For your children, WEPA offers double the benefits that Fegley offers. And for your spouse, WEPA offers 20 times more coverage than Fegley. 20 times more coverage! WEPA's coverage is also portable if you decide to leave the federal government or retire. You can even supplement or replace your existing policy. See how much you could save by visiting waepa.org today. Welcome back to For Your Benefit. We're here today with John Jillick, certified financial planner, telling, telling us all kinds of things we can do all for the good. Generate more income without necessarily being fully taxed on it. So what we got, Andrew? 25 minutes left. Andrew, the ever-efficient engineer, thumbs up. So, John, how do we uh, uh, bring it to a closure? Well, I'd, I'd tell you, but it's we we did actually skip the IRA limits. So uh, for 2023, if well, you, let's come you back and do it, contribute you, to you, a traditional IRA. So traditional IRA goes, of course, uh, on the front of your 1040. Correct. And Bob I even knows the box. I think, I, I think <laughs> that's called adjusted gross income, just to drive everyone crazy. But. Yeah, so sixty five hundred if you're uh, you're under fifty, and then an additional thousand dollars if you're over fifty for seventy five hundred dollars that you can deduct. So, and we still do a lot of those, believe it or not, for folks that are with an employer that don't have a plan. Now, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, things that are happening out there. Uh, employers are basically, I think you can speak to this, Bob. If you don't have a plan, uh, you'll start to get penalized, and you'll have you have to have a plan in place by a certain period of time. I know Maryland has implemented that. Uh, I'm not sure how many other states are doing it. I would I'd imagine it's the states, you know, it'd be the, the you know, the, the, the cash flow states, California, New York, um, maybe some non-tax states, Nevada, um, Metro DC. Uh, yeah, so that's and, coming, and, yeah, that's coming up. So, uh, but then you also on the Roth side, 
again, those folks, uh, if they were under the income limits uh, for Roth contribution for IRA, again, I got to be careful when I say that, um, you know, and that's that 145 uh, number. So the um, income limits were the 153,000 if you're single, modified adjusted gross, and then 228,000 married. Uh, and again, a lot of folks that we would work with in the Washington metro area, you know, push those limits and go above them quite often. But you, you are able to still, you know, contribute directly to a Roth. And I do love that question, which would come up if we had a question pop up was, well, what if I'm under the income? Can I limit? Can I max out Roth TSP and do the Roth IRA? And the answer is yes, you can. And that's the, that, that's the fun one, too, where you run into folks that do meet the criteria. They're in a position where they're able to max out Roth TSP uh, to the limit. You know, and then they're also able to do the Roth IRA. And uh, I'm running into it's interesting. Pick on the generation if you don't like them, but uh, the millennial generation's amazing to me because I've got quite a few of those folks that have come up to the plate and said, "Hey, I, I don't want to work forever like my parents and grandparents." And I think that's pretty interesting, right? Um, I want to retire by the time I'm 50 because I want to go experience the world. So I've I've run into these folks quite frequently now, especially after a class, and they're like, "Hey, uh, you know, could could you kind of give me some guidance on how I could get retired early?" And I'm like, "Sure." <laughs> and uh, it is it's fun to watch a live class. The baby boomers cringe because these are their kids, right? right. Like, so your my 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 child's impression is that I'm working forever. You know, and I'm only in my mid-60s. Well, yeah, you are. <laughs> uh, we probably should dedicate a little time to the SECURE Act because uh, SECURE Act 2.0, I know you had a program on that recently or maybe one coming up. Uh, but the SECURE Act, uh, you know, changing the RMDH to 73, uh, I think is, is going to be misleading for folks. And then uh, for those folks that are not 73 by 2033, the RMD age is 75, and so I would be included in that band. And, you know, my, my issue with it is I know they blame things on lifespan, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of look at the sinister side of things once in a while. Uh, if, if, if you think about it, the, the longer they get this, and I described the doubling effect of the money in pre-tax, uh, TSP, IRAs, 403Bs, 457 plans, 401Ks. You're talking about a massive amount of taxable money. Um, and later in life, let's just say you get to 73 or, or 75, you start taking your distribution. Uh, that goes on for a period of time, and then this unfortunate thing happens, uh, you die. Uh, and your beneficiary uh, isn't your spouse uh, because they've already predeceased you, you're divorced. Uh, now the beneficiaries are your kids, and let's just say that your kids are doing much better than you from a financial standpoint, meaning income, uh, than the point where you were taking your distribution. So somebody taking a distribution at 12% federal or 22 is now being replaced by a beneficiary forced over a 10-year period uh, max uh, to take a distribution of this account. And it doesn't make sense until you put real numbers. Let's just say you have a million-dollar TSP participant. Uh, they pass away, their spouse is predeceased them, they have one child, and I always use the worst case scenario, their child's really successful, they have a, 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 they're a doctor, they have a practice in California, uh, they inherit a million dollars and they only have 10 years, and of course they're not going to shut their practice down, but what, what's their option, Bob, is to take the million dollars out, they might as well just take it out. 
because they're already 37% federal. They're at the highest bracket. And the state of California, last time I checked, wants 10% for themselves. So that's 47 cents on the dollar wiped away of a million dollars worth of life savings into TSP. And I could just pause right there because most folks don't think of it in those terms. Why are they expanding out? Why are they pushing out the RMD age? We're the government. We're here to help. I, I think it's actually just the reverse. I think someone really smart figured out that the longer the money stays in these retirement accounts, the people coming up behind the folks that have the money are going to be paying tax at a much higher rate on it when they receive it. Now, you can beg to differ, but I, I think that, you know, the strategy of delaying and delaying and delaying these uh, distributions, these retirement distributions, becomes problematic uh, from a generational standpoint if you're you're not lucky enough to, to continue to, quote, live forever, right? Um, so planning, 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 planning. When people uh, ask that question, I'm like, listen, this is why you get together with a planner. This is why you have a CPA. Uh, you have an attorney. Uh you make sure that if you're leaving it behind, you know, you have three three different entities. I always love that one, right? You can leave it to three different entities. You can leave it to your loved ones, charity, or the government. It's your choice. And if you don't want to leave it to the third place uh, there, then you need a team of professionals to help you make sure that doesn't happen. Because the stopgap would be, who, who could I leave my money, Bob, to? my pre-tax money, TSP, I don't have TSP, my pre-tax money in my 401k, who could I leave that to that wouldn't experience a tax problem? Children. Well, charity, correct. Yeah, charity. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that could be done um, because, you know, I'll run into a lot of folks that may not have kids. It's going to go to brothers and sisters or charity. Uh, so there's just a ton of planning that you can do that, uh, you know, alleviates that issue. But I don't like to see this can getting kicked down the road. And, I, and I, I, I can tell you as a professional, every time they move the RMD age out, I have clients that get excited. I'm like, what are you getting excited about? Those are mm -hmm. your healthier, better years where you're going to be able to have a good time with your unspent paychecks. So... That's that's the way that I view it. View it is that you know when you retire, you, there should be a, a drain started on these retirement, especially the pre-tax accounts. Leave the Roth accounts alone if you can, because in the same scenario, you, you're a million-dollar TSP participant. If it was all Roth, you pass away. You, your your child that's a doctor in California doesn't experience any tax pressure at all. As a matter of fact, they can leave the million dollars in the account set it up for growth, move it to an IRA, an inherited IRA, and wait till the 10th day, uh, sorry, the last day of the 10th year and pull it out in an even larger tax-free lump sum. So that's the type of planning you're going to start to see, I think, moving forward. You're actually, you're already seeing it because uh, the folks that are ahead of the curve on this have figured it out. But, you know, don't die with a large lump sum of money pre-tax in any account. That's my, my wisdom for the end of the day here. But, uh, you know, it takes planning to get things done, to get the right pieces in play. And again, you know, maybe maybe that's where you start to look at charitable trusts and things like that, leaving it to charity where they don't have the tax issues. So uh, just thoughts on Secure Act 2.0. So, so, John, when you um, address classes, um, we don't go live 
too too many anymore. It's it's much like what we're doing today. Mm-hmm. What do you find? Sometimes you get the best questions that you would think, "Gee, I thought everyone knows that." Well, you thought everybody might have been asleep too, because mm-hmm. no one turns their cameras on anymore. We were ha- we were having a fun conversation about that earlier. Um, yeah, I mean, it's you always get those questions that that, that are like, "Wow." that's a great question you know and uh so it makes it a lot more dynamic when you get questions like that uh i'm finding that uh you know uh, we talked about that i i think wish folks at webinars would ask more questions uh just maybe that's a little speaker's note for the day for folks out there that are taking webinars uh it's not that we don't want you to ask questions we actually do because those are the questions that really keep things flowing but yeah, a lot of great questions, a lot of great input when we, we start to talk to folks, yeah, especially I, uh, if you can put a personal story to it, you know, where you've experienced something like this. Yeah. And then, you, you, you know, you can even talk about the s- stories that you have with a client or you know, listening to you know, this radio show um, and the like. And um, then we can ask those same questions to a different group. Um served me well over the years or i'll quote you if we're you know if we're on the same uh, uh, show oh i like to take stories all the time i mean a borrowed story you know that's effective is is great because you you can share that with folks but uh but yeah i mean so you have so many changes so many tax law changes i I really don't know how folks navigate without professionals and, and you, I'm sure you've seen my materials a few times, but, you know, I lead off with those, you know, three circles, you know, three overlapping circles, you know, one's a CPA, uh, one's an attorney, one's a financial planner, and then, a, you know, kind of a federal benefits expert, if you need it, uh, out to the side, which, I mean, Tammy just popped in. That's what I consider her. If I had a complex pension case, someone's been to multiple agencies, um, I'm going to want to have someone, you know, with Tammy's level of knowledge involved in that conversation. But when you do that, you get that old word synergy. And, uh, you know, one plus one is three. That used to be back. I remember when I was a teenager, my neighbor's uh, uh, uncle was an engineer, and he had that on the back of his, his van, right? One plus <laughs> one equals three. And it's the sum of the parts. The things that come up in a, in a dynamic conversation of professionals serve you know surrounding you so if we have you on a webinar you're a client so andrew could be our client today i'm the cpa you're the sorry you're the cpa i'm the financial planner and we have an attorney his estate attorney uh what stone will be left unturned after we unturned after we get done with uh, andrew today and if andrew let's just say we had tammy on as well because she's her federal benefits expert uh andrew was in the military or he was the case my favorite case is some folks that were at St. Elizabeth's, which was under federal control, it was turned over to D.C. government. They went to two different agencies, and both of the agencies got the uh, the pension calculations wrong. They were wow. underpaid significantly in the Social Security. They were in the wrong system. They were, and it was with another benefits person that we uncovered all this. But uh, it's powerful stuff when you get people with the knowledge, especially the updated knowledge. Uh, things are changing fairly rapidly, especially with all these law changes. Um, you really John, want to be on top of your game, John. Can I? I got a. I got a good question here. Um, they sent in on an email. Usually, um, this um, fortunately, this person sends uh, questions like this every week. But anyway, so please ask your guests to discuss Roth conversion issues. 
that are unique to married couples where both spouses have IRAs. For example, can an older spouse starting RMDs required minimum distributions first use after-tax RMD funds to assist the younger spouse with Roth conversions? Whoa, what do you think? It sounds like you'd, you'd be multiplying the taxation and potentially pushing yourself higher. And again, you need that, uh, what's it, about a 15, 13 to 15 year window to make it worthwhile. So, you know, I'm always, uh, you know, looking at the RMD conversion when that came out, it was really being pushed by financial firms and banks back in the early 2000s. Was it the early 2000s or 2010? I think 2010. 2010, um, yeah. I, I just didn't buy into it because if you looked for most folks and you started asking them about their health and other issues, um, you know, th they were going to not benefit because of the delay it would take to catch up with the taxes that were paid out, you know, to do the conversion. Now, if you're talking about a wealth transfer strategy and you don't, you, you're looking at your TSP and you're never going to spend it and it's going to go to the next generation, sure, a conversion would be a great idea. But uh, yeah, I'd, have to, I'd have your CPA take a hard look at that one before you, you really go down that road. All righty. So in our two-minute drill, what should people, what would you say were the top two or three subjects that you addressed? Would you like to address them again? Uh, just quickly, uh, everyone can participate no matter how much income in Roth TSP. Uh, when I get the question, how much, John, should I put in Roth TSP, uh, my answer is always now all of it. And they go, well, what does that mean? Every bit of money you're putting in the TSP, switch it over to Roth TSP. Yes, you're going to take a tax edge. You'll be surprised at how, if you if you live within your means, easy it is to navigate that but build up as much between now and when you retire from federal service as you can or even private industry roth 401k but uh, build up as much as you can and then be careful with your distributions uh, my, my favorite saying I've created is that if you don't go first class or vip your beneficiaries will uh, just realize that all these unspent paychecks uh, are going to be spent by someone other than you if you really don't take advantage of spending earlier rather than later as you transfer John, into retirement. John, we're, we're, we're fastly approaching the witching hour. How does somebody contact you? Uh, you can reach out to me at Trader, T-R-A-D-E-R-J-O-H-N-J, TraderJohnJ at gmail.com uh, or 301-704-0544. That's 301-704-0544. Thank you, John. Thank you, Andrew. I think Thank you, Bob. Uh, well, <laughs> it's synergistic here. Anyway, synergistic, hey. Yeah, and thanks to all the listeners for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye bye. You've been listening to For Your Benefit, presented by NITP and sponsored by WEPA. Please tune in next Monday at 10 a.m. for a topic solely devoted to you, the federal employee. This show can also be heard on demand at federalnewsradio.com. Search For Your Benefit. Thanks for listening.